I am sending you to them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The recent critically acclaimed and much-discussed World War I film 1917 chronicles the desperate struggle of two young British soldiers, known by their surnames Blake and Schofield, as the attempt to fulfill their mission to deliver a message across enemy lines, a message that will spare the lives of 1,600 troops, including Blake's older brother. As the story unfolds, only a little information about the two young men is yielded. We essentially know nothing about them, other than that they are two soldiers, one with an older brother, and yet we, the viewers, are invited to fill the gaps, putting ourselves into their shoes. This story does not glorify warfare, nor does it rejoice in violent action, but showcases the vulnerabilities of the human heart and restores a sense of surprise, mystery even, at the loving motivations of the human spirit. This is not some tale of military enterprise, nor an examination of the politics of European history, but an exploration into the flesh and blood, the core stuff of our common condition and humanity in a disordered world. There is nothing remarkable about Blake or Schofield. They are two soldiers. They could be any two soldiers and yet they amaze. There isn't a superhero element to them. That is not why they are brilliant, lovable, and inspiring, no. It is their unfailingly authentic exercise of their humanity that becomes the dazzling motif of their narrative. By the film's end, quite literally within the final moments, however, a secret, some information about Schofield is revealed that recontextualizes the entire ordeal, and we discover the personal sacrifices of these particular men in this particular place, once withheld from us. And the reality of that war in that place with those people snaps us back into focus, cleverly ending our wanderings through the more expansive human themes. In our readings from Holy Scripture tonight, we heard of two other men which were given messages and sent out on missions, missions which would require sacrifice and demanded costs of them. Like Blake and Schofield, the prophet Ezekiel and the apostle Paul were not chosen because they were the best of the best, the elite of the elite, but unlikely characters, ordinary for their time, and largely unremarkable, certainly in Ezekiel's case. All far, however improbable, put their every faculty to the purpose of their mission's end, overcoming fear and pain and ridicule and loss. In response, we might deign to question what led them to be so driven, what motivated them. Well, it was their message. Their messages, of course, were different in content and context, but sought a, the betterment of others in some shape or form. 
They were inspired by the messages they carried and longed for the impact of their reception. And all four men were so utterly transformed by receiving their message, by being given their task to fulfill, that they were never again the same. This very cathedral is testament to the transformation St. Paul experienced, turning from persecuting the church to becoming one of its most mighty advocates. We, like St. Paul, like the prophet Ezekiel, have received a message from God, and we are called to share it in thought, word, and deed. We bear a message of great importance, one which undoubtedly tests us and ask questions of our way of life. This message seems simple, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ. And yet it touches us at our very core because it tells us something about ourselves. It tells us that we are infinitely lovable and worthy of sacrifice. If the story of two young men sacrificing themselves for the sake of some troops can be received with such praise and evoke such thought as this film did, how much more can Christ sacrifice for the world? Of course, there is a danger for us, we who are exposed to the realities of God, that we might lose our motivation, be desensitized to the importance of the message and stop sharing it, stop doing our charge. Even worse, fear or pride or whatever else might lead us to invert this message and make it a burden for ourselves and for others and to bring about pain and harm. It is important then that we retain and recall our first love of this message of the gospel. We must return again and again to that first moment when the gospel rang in our ears and we, like Ezekiel, knew that a new spirit was upon us and set us on our feet in a different way. We must treasure this gospel, for it is not our own invention and not after our own design. We must remember with St. Paul that we are each of us called by grace, grace which is the unmerited gift and favour of God, which means we do not get to decide amongst ourselves who is in and who is out, who can share the message and who cannot, who is worthy of love and who cannot be loved. This gospel gives life to all and is for all. We encounter it not only in the remarkable and glorious places, but amid the lowly and the forgotten, the strange, and even through the chaotic. And the longer we treasure this gospel, this good news, the more authentic our lives become. For God is with us, and his love encourages us to be holy and honestly ourselves, truly human. And there is no greater reality than this, and nothing is more worthy of sacrifice. A truth, a hope, that not even the darkness of sin or war can mar or destroy. Shall we not hear that message, Lord, to lead us on the way, 
Come, Christ, make plain your saving word and speak to us today. Amen. <laughs>